And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Tuesday, May the 16th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. Today in 1770, Marie Antoinette, she was 14 years old. She married the future King Louis of the 16th of France. He was a little older. He was 15. Today in 1866, Congress authorized minting the first five-cent piece, also known as the shield nickel. I can assure you, if you have one of those in your pocket, it's worth more than five cents. Today in 1939, the federal government began its first food stamp program in Rochester, New York. Today in 1957, federal agent Elliot Ness, he organized the Untouchables team that took on Gangster Al Capone, he died in Pennsylvania. He was 54 years old. Today, in 1960, the first working laser was demonstrated at Hughes Research Laboratories in Malibu, California. Today, in 1966, China launched the Cultural Revolution. It was a radical as well as deadly reform movement aimed at purging the country of counter-revolutionaries. Any dissenters? Away with them. Kill them. Remove them. Banish them. That impacted not only the people of China, but it impacted the youth in America as well. It was during that period of time and the years that followed that that the kids were carrying around a little black book and it wasn't a Bible. It was the sayings of Mao. I can't tell you how many conversations I've had in the parks and schools and in the church about that. I almost memorized that book by defending the gospel against Mao and his sayings. It got so popular, kids were carrying it around in their back pocket and their purse and whatever. Ten years ago today, President Barack Obama named a temporary chief for the scandal-marred Internal Revenue Service. I want to talk a little bit about that this morning and other things. The Internal Revenue Service, IRS, has removed the entire investigative team working on Hunter Biden case. We're learning yesterday that this was done at the request of President Joe Biden's Department of Justice. The whistleblower was giving the truth to our elected officials and suddenly they removed him. Whistleblower has supervised the Hunter Biden investigation since 2020. Uh, The New York Post is reporting this morning. Today, the Internal Revenue Service, the lawyer says for this guy or woman, today the Internal Revenue Service criminal supervisory special agent we represent was informed that he and his entire investigative team will be removed from the ongoing and sensitive investigation of the high-profile controversial subject about which our client sought to make uh, whistleblower disclosures to Congress. He was informed the charge was at the request of the Department of Justice. An informant in another story, a parallel story, but it's the same outcome. In another story, the informant linked to allegations that President Joe Biden has was involved in quid pro quo bribery scheme has gone missing. According to the House Oversight and Accountability Chairman James Comer, when asked about asked by Fox News Maria Bartiroma on Sunday 
about those uh, accusations, Comer said, we unfortunately can't track down the informant. We're hopeful that the informant is still there. I guess he means still alive. Comer made the statement while referring to the FBI informant's report. It's called an FD-1023 that the FBI allegedly has in its possession, according to the whistleblower who shared the report's existence with Senator Chuck Grassley's office. Grassley is a Republican from Iowa, as you probably know. The whistleblower knows the informant, Comer said. The whistleblower is very credible, and all we're asking the FBI with respect to the Form 20, uh, 1023 is, what did you do to investigate this allegation? And they sent us back a very patronizing letter basically saying, he says, just trust us, don't worry about it. Comer, during his um, appearance on this Sunday Futures interview with Bart Roma, uh, he said it's reaching windows has been a, there's been a common roadblock for the oversight committee given the serious nature of the allegations. Then he said this, he said, nine of the ten people that we've identified that have very good knowledge with respect to the Bidens and their business dealings, they're one of the they're one of three things, Maria. He said they're either currently in court, they're currently in jail, or they're currently missing. So it's of the utmost importance, he says, that the FBI work with us to be able to try to identify what research they've done, what investigations they've done, because we have people that want to come forward. But honestly, Maria, they fear for their their lives. Comer also charged that the whistleblowers were being intimidated and discredited by Biden's lawyers, the White House, and the media. He said he knew who, who specifically at the White House was engaging in that intimidation, but was saving revealing that information for a later time. Man, does this sound like some third world country somewhere? It does to me. I've spent a lot of time in third world countries. This is the way they roll. I mean, these are the kinds of things that you see is commonplace. It's normal. In third world countries, banana republics and that that type of thing. I've spent a lot of time there in missionary work. And I've seen this firsthand. I've seen the results of it. They, that's why they are third world countries. is because they evolved to this kind of corruption. And it's happening all around us today. And it's it, it, there's almost a sense that we don't care if the people know we're going to do what we do because we are the elite and the powerful. It's hard to get to the truth anymore. And now these elected officials and some of the elected officials are corrupt, but there are some very good ones that we have sent to Washington, D.C. And these guys and women are trying to get to the bottom of this because do they have political motivation? Well, I suppose they're political because they're politicians. But I believe they want to get to the truth. And I believe that if it, 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 at least for some of these people, it isn't partisan. It's about America. It's about our country. And that's where we are today. It's very sad. It's just unbelievable. Very sad. But that seems to be where we are today. They're using the very institutions that were set up to make America a tremendous, exceptional nation. They're using those institutions to batter down the foundations of this nation and the freedoms that we have. They're trying to erode them to the point 
where they no longer exist. That's why our founders were so very, very articulate about where our freedoms come from. They do not come from the government. But you can see how governments, governments of the left, will take advantage of every opportunity to amass power and push down the people. Our founders had seen that in England and other places, and they knew what would happen, and that's why they set up a very, very meticulous system of government. And that's why when the lady walked up to Ben Franklin, when they had been meeting in the Constitutional Convention, he came out the door and she walked up to him and she said, Sir, sir, what kind of a country have you given us? And he said, a republic, if you can keep it. We're in a battle to keep it right now. And Ben Franklin, would, if he were around, would be the first to agree, I think, on that particular point. John 8.32 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. In the midst of all of the storm and all of this chaos that's going on, there is a place of peace. There is a place of truth. John 8.36 says, If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. This is the kind of freedom that supersedes any government, including our own. That's why our founders recognized that freedom comes from God. The government is instituted to protect those freedoms, not dole them out as needed and reel them in when they're mad at you or wanting to take advantage of you or wanting to enrich themselves and their family on the backs of American people who are honest and good, hardworking, pay their bills. That's so disgusting. It's so repulsive. I would think that the Democrat Party could do better. But they can't, apparently. This seems to be the best they can do. And it's unacceptable. Psalm 25, verse 5 says, Lead me to thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. That is where freedom is found, is in the Lord. It, is, it appears that our government is more and more and more not concerned about preserving and protecting our God-given freedoms as much as they are abusing them and using them for their own good and their own enrichment. It is a very sad situation. We need to make changes in our leadership, and this isn't a partisan. I'm not saying we need to, we got to elect a Republican or we got to elect Trump or someone else. I'm saying we need to make changes in leadership in this country. And we, the people, if we can get past the skullduggery around the voting, we can do that. But things have got to change. I understand we're on the descent, or at least I believe, toward the coming of the Lord, the rapture of the church, I know it's imminent. And I understand that things will get worse and worse and worse as we approach that day. But I also know that we are called to stand, to be a light in the darkness, to be salt in the decay and the rotting 
of our culture. And as long as God gives us breath and the ability and the opportunity to do so, I'm speaking for myself, I think we all need to give this some consideration as far as our own personal lives are concerned. But as long as God gives me the the breath and the opportunity, I'm going to keep speaking out and try to be light and salt in a culture to whatever degree God allows our voice to be heard. And I would hope that all of us would come to that kind of a conclusion. To kick back and say, well, the Lord is coming, you know, let the culture go to hell in a handbasket. Who cares? I don't care. I hear that from Christians. They say, oh, I don't care. The Lord is coming. Well, of course he's coming. And this is a time when we should be even more faithful than ever before as that time approaches. We're not trying to change God's plan. God's plan is fixed. God is in control. But we're trying to be faithful in the process. And I think that's what we, at least that's what I need to do. And I hope that you share those feelings as well, because there is a world out there that needs to hear the truth. And the truth particularly they need to hear is that Jesus Christ died for their sins. And he rose again on the third day. Their sin debt is paid. And they can be free indeed if they know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Their sins are forgiven. Their citizenship is in eternity, in heaven, with him. I mean, that's the message of the gospel, and that's what needs to be heard. And we, even though we talk about current events on this program, the message, the underlying message and motive of what I do is to tell someone that Jesus Christ loves them, and that he can forgive the darkest, most heinous sins and set you free. That's what it's all about. I want to thank you for your support. I wrote an article this morning. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about it. It's about AM radio in cars. They're beginning to take them take that out of cars, and that it it really impacts Christian ministries. And uh, I'll be ta- I'll be talking about that in a minute. But someone, a lot of people read the articles that I write. We publish them, and they're they're fairly widely read all over the country and some other countries too. A number of other countries, in fact. But I got this from uh, someone. I would assume this person is in the U.S. But uh, it's a it's a guy. He said he's it's an email. I just got it this morning. He had just obviously just finished reading the the article that I wrote today. He said I won't buy a vehicle without AM as I listen to it a lot. I wouldn't buy any of those cars you mentioned anyway. You can hardly buy a stick shift anymore without special ordering ordering it. Love what you're doing. Bless you good. Well, thank you, uh, sir. And I, I agree. I, I agree. I, this is a, a, a major issue. And as I said, I want to talk to you a little bit about it. It's kind of like, the, I, I'm not a big fan of the Washington Post, but they read an article uh, about it this week. And um, the headline said, AM radio, the end of a love affair. That struck me. That's exactly how I feel about it. But I think more importantly than just nostalgia, and those of us who grew up in the AM area, I'm over 40, and I remember when AM radio was radio, and uh, it brought a lot of good things to America. So we're, we're going to talk about that in just a minute, but thank you uh, to this person and others who respond. I read everything you send. 
uh, your notes, your emails, and so on. Thank you so much, and thank you for your support. We would not be able to do this without you, and I thank you for the opportunity to share what I feel God would have us share every day on the radio each weekday, originating uh, live at 9 a.m. in the morning. Some of you hear us a little bit later. It's delayed, but it is the same day, and we talk about the events from a biblical perspective. You allow that to happen with your support. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, 98009. It seems like Ford, BMW, Volkswagen, Tesla, all of these automakers, almost, not all, but many of them, are eliminating AM radio from their new vehicles. That's stirring a lot of protests against the loss of a medium that has, in my view, shaped American life for a century. It also means used by many ministries to reach people with the gospel. As I said, strong biblical teaching, commentary on current events from a biblical perspective. Much of that is on AM. Not all of it, but much of it is on AM radio. So why are car makers doing this? Well, there is a line out there that says, well, it's just business and AM is kind of yesterday and we're moving on and so on. I think there might be more to it than that. We'll get to that in a minute. But the Washington Post says America's love affair between the automobile and AM radio, a a century-long romance that provided the soundtrack for Lover's Lanes, kept the lonely company with ball games and chat shows and sparked family sing-alongs and divine road trips, is on the verge of collapse. A victim of galloping technological change and swiftly changing consumer tastes. The breakup is entirely one-sided, they write, a move by major automakers to eliminate AM radios from new vehicles, despite protests from station owners, listeners, first responders, politicians from both major parties, certainly the NRB, You may have heard ads on the radio station you listen to that opposing this because religious broadcasters are opposing it, but others are as well. Automakers such as BMW, Volkswagen, Mazda, Tesla, they're removing their AM radios from their new electric vehicles. What they're saying is that these electric engines can interfere with the sound of AM stations. Well... (laughs) A lot of things could be, maybe. Do we know that for sure? Or do they just want to dump it? Or is there other forces that are maybe convincing them to do so for some other nefarious reason? Ford is one of the nation's top three auto sellers. They're taking a bigger step. They're eliminating AM from all of their vehicles, electric and gas-operated So it's not really about interference from the battery-driven car, obviously. Some station owners and advertisers contend that losing access to the car dashboard will indeed be a death blow to many of the nation's 4,185 AM stations. They're saying it could be the possible demise of a core element of the nation's delivery system for news and political talk, especially on the right. Coverage of weather, emergencies, foreign language programming, all of this will be affected because people listen to the radio in the car. This guy, Michael Harrison, he's a publisher of a magazine. It's called The Talkers. 
He said, this is a tone-deaf dis- uh, display of complete ignorance about the AM radio, what it means to Americans. He said, it's not the end of the world for radio, but it's a loss of an iconic piece of American culture. Well, he may miss the part, or doesn't mention it, that it's also a, an important part of Christian mission, Christian ministry. The Boast reminds its readers, for the first hundred years of mass media, AM radio shaped American life. They say it was where Franklin D. Roosevelt delivered his fireside chats, where a young Ronald Reagan announced Chicago Cubs baseball games for DJs such as Wolfman Jack along the U.S.-Mexico border, Larry uh, Lujak in Chicago, Alan Freed in Cleveland, Cousin Brucey Morrow in New York City and Don Imus in California, Texas, Ohio, and New York. They howled and growled and shouted out the latest pop hits. It also gave birth, they don't mention that, of course, the Washington Post would not do that, but it also gave birth to conservative talk radio, Rush Limbaugh in particular, the late Rush Limbaugh, and others like him. More importantly to me, though, and other Christians across the country today, is that it provided a way to give a public voice to biblical Christian message. So you have to wonder, is this really about electric cars? Ford doesn't think it is. They're taking it out of all their cars. So it's not about the batteries, really, and about it might cause interference and all of that. Mark Levine, (laughs) he... uh, He's very opinionated about this, the talk show guy. According to the National Association of Broadcasters, about 82 million Americans listen to AM stations each month. Ford says its data pulled from Internet-connected vehicles shows that less than 5% of in-car listening is to AM stations. So maybe, maybe they were given wrong information. Maybe they wanted to find wrong information. But about 82 million Americans listening to AM stations each month is not a small thing. The 2024 Mustang is Ford's first internal combustion model to be marketed without AM. But there's more to the story. Conservative talk show host Mark Levin commented on this change. He said, quote, the automobile is essential to liberty. It's freedom. So the control of the automobile is about the control of your freedom. They finally figured out how to attack conservative talk radio. And I would add Christian radio. He didn't mention that, but I would. As Harrison said, it's not the end of the world for radio, but it is the loss of a piece of the American culture. Lucas Nolan, he was writing for Breitbart News. They were talking about this over the weekend in Breitbart News, he said, despite these significant changes, some automakers are not yet prepared to abandon AM radio. Toyota, Honda, and other manufacturers have no plans to eliminate AM radio from their automobiles. General Motors has not yet stated its position on the issue. The fate of AM radio is entangled in webs of technological advancement and cultural preservation as the dial continues to turn. It's also entangled in the blind race to eliminate dissenting voices. Mao did that. I saw the results of that clear over in this country as it bent the minds of kids who were uninformed. At the value voters in October of 2019, 
Donald Trump told the audience, quote, the left is trying to tear down Christian believers. Trump said they're trying, this was 2019. Trump said they're trying to silence and punish the speech of Christians and religious believers of all faiths. They're trying to hound you from the workplace, expel you from the public square, and weaken the American family and indoctrinate our children. He's right. He's even more right today than he was when he said that several years ago. I don't know what's at the heart of automakers. God knows that. But I do know there is a prevailing notion that the Christian message is at least a speed bump in the path of the so-called progressivism in America. And in the minds of many leftists, particularly in the highest offices of our land, True biblical Christianity, not a form of religion denying the power thereof, as Paul talked about. Not that. It's not just about saying, I'm a devout Catholic, I'm a devout evangelical, I'm a devout whatever. It's about what has happened in your heart. If you've been transformed by the power of God, you're no longer conformed to this world. Those kinds of Christians, like many of you, myself included, who love the Lord. We're not perfect, but we love the Lord and we try to live according to the Bible and according to the teaching of the Lord. Those kinds of Christians, like us, are more than a speed bump to the left. Whether they are religious or not, it doesn't matter. Whether it's Bernie Sanders or Joe Biden, the devout Catholic, we are a major problem to them. And they're becoming less and less timid in talking about it. In the minds of many leftists, biblical Christianity is a major problem that must be addressed. I see this showing up in comments made and in articles written more and more. In addressing the biblical Christian problem, the God-given freedom of religion is being trampled whenever they have an opportunity to do so. Mike Pence gave a tremendous speech as vice president several years ago. He talked about this very thing, not only here in America, but internationally as well, where we see it happening. People are being beheaded for their Christian faith. But he talked about how our first president, George Washington, wrote in his famous letter to the Hebrew congregation in Newport when he said, the United States of America has given to mankind a policy worthy of imitation. For here, he said, to bigotry, no sanction. To persecution, no assistance. We require require only that they who live under our protection should demean themselves as good citizens. We live in a culture today where we we are not seeing good citizenship and we are not seeing the freedom of religion that our founders laid their life, limb, and fortunes on the table to create. We will persevere, and we will keep talking and praying and serving the Lord. We will be light and salt, and we will carry on. Thanks for being with me today. It's always an honor. I'll see you right here tomorrow.